Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> We're proud to say that thanks to the support of all of our listeners, and in particular our patrons, we're able to pay our creatives for all of their effort they put into their writing and narration. It's nice to be able to give them a little something back, though it's not quite where we'd like to get it. We've done the calculations, and if we can get another $26 a month in pledges, we are going to be able to give our creatives a pay rise. So if you'd like to help us with our goal and show your appreciation for these fantastic people helping us to put on the show, then all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. There you'll get access to Patreon exclusive episodes, including last month's In the Red, and you'll get early ad-free access to the regular episodes. So once again, Let's show our support. That's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Today's episode is Check Out, written by John Crennan and narrated by Ian McEwen. Humanity hasn't cured death, but we can predict exactly how and when we are going to die. Those with the means check themselves into specialist death-proof hotels to stay safe while the danger passes them by. Billy Kurtzman is one such guest, but tonight, during Billy's stay, tragedy is coming to the Hotel Orpheus. Billy Kurtzman had no idea where on earth this woman who was so rudely interrupting his dinner, his last meal, had come from. She sat down across from him, almost knocking over the vase in the middle of the table, It's so tragic, she wailed. A young man like you should have his whole life before him. Instead, you're here, 
She set down her wine glass to reach across the table and place her cold hand over his. How are you feeling, sweetheart? Billy looked around the hotel dining room. There wasn't a guest here who didn't have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Everyone had their heads low, eating in silence, with only the sound of cutlery clinking against plates to accompany them. Yet here sat this loud, drunk woman. No one seemed to notice her. No one even looked up. He glanced back towards the woman, who stared at him. Was he really going to let himself be drawn into this conversation on tonight of all nights? Better than sitting here like one of the condemned, he thought, as he dabbed his mouth with a napkin and relaxed into his chair. Doesn't the brochure say that one night here will give us a second chance at life? <sighs> Don't get me started. You've seen the TV commercial. Check in with us and never check out. She made a face suggesting she'd tasted something foul. And death proof? Pathetic. She leaned across the dining table, close to his face. Billy could smell the sour reek of alcohol on her breath. But don't you think it's strange, she whispered, that a place like this appears almost immediately after those damned letters started showing up? She was talking, of course, about the mysterious envelopes that had begun gracing mailboxes when Billy was still a baby. Elegant, handwritten cards telling each recipient exactly how and when they were going to die. No one knew where they came from, and the vast majority of those first cards ended up straight in the bin. Junk mail. But when the predictions on the cards started to come true, when they were never wrong, people took notice. The offer to escape fate arrived in the form of specialist hotels, where the normal rules of life and death did not apply. Nobody asked questions. They made reservations. And just as no one knew where the cards were coming from, likewise no one understood how these supernatural hotels actually worked. All that mattered was that they did work. Guests emerged the day after their predicted deaths into a new tomorrow. Word spread. Demand went up. Soon it was only the super-rich who could afford a room in establishments like the Hotel Orpheus. Billy, it seemed, was amongst the very cream of society. He removed his hand from the drunk woman's grasp. Supply will always follow demand. Smells fishy to me. She had somehow magicked up a bottle of wine that she was now using to refill her empty glass. So tell me, what's on your card? What nasty way are you supposed to snuff it tonight? Billy looked down and pushed his food around his plate. Wait. Don't tell me. Let me guess. Ooh, this'll be fun. She rubbed her hands together. I bet yours is a real juicy one. Mm, poison? Better watch what you eat. 
Decapitation? No, you don't look like a decapitation. Ooh, spontaneous human combustion. I'd rather not talk about it. What's ruffled your feathers? We've all got one. Don't worry, she said with a lecherous grin. You haven't got anything I've not seen before. Billy avoided the woman's gaze as she continued to shout increasingly morbid guesses. They all sounded more appealing to him than the truth. Billy's card had haunted him his entire life, a curio that had wrinkled the foreheads of every expert who he'd had examine it. A clerical error was their best guess. But how could that be? The only thing about it that had made any sense was the date. Today. The woman had stopped her guessing game, either bored now or because she'd simply forgotten to continue. You know, she said, filling her glass to the brim. I've always wondered what it would look like in this place. She scanned the room with its high ceilings, its waiting staff, and its gaudy gold interior. It looks just like any other fancy hotel. I'm disappointed. When Billy didn't respond, she kept on with her drunken rant. Look at these people. She was slurring now. They're all in the safest place they could be, yet everyone looks scared to death. Billy kept his voice down. They just want to get today over and done with. She took another long pull from her glass. Well, I'm paying for the privilege of staying here. I'm going to make sure I enjoy myself. Billy forced a sarcastic smile. Party like there's no tomorrow, he said, mock raising his glass and looking around to see who else was witnessing this drunk make a fool of herself. It was then that Billy saw it, her card. He could see it peeking out from beneath the half-empty bottle. He could read it, her first name, Katrina, and her cause of death. A single, devastating word. Suicide. He lowered his drink as his heart quietly broke for her. Here she was, Katrina, a desperate woman spending thousands to avoid a horrible death that was already entirely within her control. And he was mocking her. The heat spreading across his face made him feel sick. He stood up, leaving his unfinished dinner on the table. I'm going to my room now. Katrina wobbled in her chair as she turned to watch him leave, nonplussed. See you later. Maybe. <laughs> There's life in this party yet before I retire for the night. It was the fire alarm that woke Billy from his fitful sleep. Bleary-eyed, he peeled himself out of bed and staggered to the hotel room door. 
a fire. What could be worse? Then he remembered where he was. Was it possible for a death-proof hotel to burn? His eye found the peephole in the door and blinked. Red emergency lighting cast strange shadows down the hallway. Someone ran past screaming and then was lost to the darkness. Billy tried the light switch. The power was out. He fumbled around on the floor until he found his clothes and pulled them on. In the event of an emergency, guests are advised to stay in their rooms. That's what the hotel guide had said. Billy hesitated, his hand on the doorknob. If the hotel really was burning, then he was safe. It wasn't fire or smoke inhalation on his card. He pulled the door open, and his breath caught in his throat. The roar of the fire was almost as loud as the alarm. Smoke filled the air. Billy coughed as he stepped out into the hallway to find it engulfed in flames. He spun, looking for escape. Panicking, he battered his fists against one of the neighboring doors. Suddenly, he felt hands on him, and he twisted to see two other guests, a man and a woman, with wet towels wrapped around their faces. Their eyes were wide with terror. The man grabbed Billy's shirt. People are dying! He screamed. That can't happen here! Billy tried to stay calm. It might be okay, he shouted. What's on your cards? The man and woman stared back at him. He shouted again above the roar of the inferno. What's on your cards? If it's not fire, then we have a chance. Drowning, the woman said eventually. The man looked uncertain. Falling! Didn't anybody ever tell you? It's not the falling that kills you, it's the landing! Billy regretted the joke immediately, but things did feel a little more hopeful knowing that they were safe from the flames at least. What's on yours? The man, known as falling in Billy's mind now, was looking to him. Not fire, Billy said. Okay, we just need to think. There's got to be a way out of... Hey, stop! Drowning was standing up, grinning from ear to ear. I'm safe, she said, elated. She was walking towards the fire. I can get help. The fire won't hurt me. Billy tried to grab her arm and missed. I don't think that's how it works! Drowning marched straight into the flames, like she was walking a tightrope and afraid to look down. Billy allowed himself to hope that she was right, before a catastrophic boom reverberated throughout the entire building. A burning beam crashed through the hallway. Drowning's broken body was thrown against the ceiling and pinned there by masonry. She didn't even have time to scream. It was then that the fire suppression system jumped into life, and Billy could now see why Drowning didn't scream. It wasn't that she was unconscious or dead. 
if only that were the case. Her face had been driven into one of the sprinkler heads, which was now pumping gallons of water down her throat. He could only watch helplessly as her bloated chest choked on the unending stream before at last succumbing to the torrent. The fire hissed as it died. Down the charred hallway, Billy saw a silhouette emerge from the darkness. A name formed on his lips. Katrina! She was walking towards them, but gone now was the unsteady drunk. She practically floated with a slow, controlled grace. As she passed Drowning's body, she stopped, and Billy watched as she gently teased something from the broken corpse. It looked for all the world like Drowning's ghost. Billy stood transfixed as Katrina approached. What the hell are you? Falling was behind him. Who are you talking to? Nice to see you too, sweetheart, Katrina said. Perhaps you might recognize me better in my uniform. She pulled something, and a change rippled through her. Billy found himself rooted to the spot as the flesh fell away from Katrina's bones and left a terrible specter of death in her place. The skeleton pulled a shroud that hadn't existed a second ago up over its skull like a hood. It cackled. Billy screamed. Falling was shouting now. What's happening? The terrible specter spoke. It had Katrina's voice. I feel for you, kid. I really do. It's sour luck that only you can see me when no one else can. That makes you special. You're just the man I need. Billy struggled against the force that paralyzed him. I don't understand what's happening. The specter ran a bone finger along the blade of its scythe. You're caught in a battle that's as old as time. Light versus dark. Life versus death. Falling slapped Billy across the face. He didn't even feel it. It's like a chess game, really. A chess game being played behind the fabric of your reality. The specter spun the scythe in its grip. And they seem to believe that this hotel is their checkmate. The specter raised the blade and brought it down fiercely into Billy's chest. They think they can keep me out? Me? Billy screamed, expecting the pain to set his nerves alight. Yet the pain never came. In fact, it felt incredible, orgasmic. He gasped, feeling better than he ever had. He arched his back as gray bubbles popped at the limits of his vision. 
Falling grabbed Billy's shoulders and shook him. What's wrong? Tell me! A gray curtain was pulled over Billy's eyes, and with a final pop, reality slipped away. It was just the three of them then, floating in the limitless void. Falling screamed. He still had a hold of Billy. To Falling, the hotel had disappeared in the blink of an eye. His scream was a terrible, guttural thing. He dropped. That scream faded, but it would ring in Billy's ears for all eternity. It's not the landing that kills you. It's the falling. The specter pulled out a card from somewhere within its robes. They thought they could keep me out, but I found a loophole. Suicide. If I'm the one to die, then I get to come inside. It reached into Billy's pocket and plucked his card out to inspect. You never understood this, did you? The skeletal hand turned Billy's card over, showing the two words that had haunted the 19-year-old his whole short life. Old age. The specter cackled again. (laughs) How can a 19-year-old die of old age? Maybe this might answer your question. It turned Billy's card again, and suddenly, the card was a mirror. Billy watched in horror as his skin turned to translucent paper and his skull stared back at him. He felt his body age a hundred lifetimes, a thousand lifetimes. Billy felt himself die and be reborn. The specter pulled the blade from Billy's chest and turned it on itself. Its skull smiled as it held the blade across its own neck. You don't just walk away from a job like this. You first need to secure your replacement. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Check Out was written by John Crennan, narrated by Ian McEwen, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by JCM Canada and Tom Robson. Check out more of John Crennan's stories over at johncrennan.com or at Twitter and Instagram at, at John Crennan, and that's spelled C R I N A N. Lastly, we're aiming to give our creatives a pay rise, and all we need to do that is $26 a month extra in pledges on our Patreon account. So if you'd like to help us and show your appreciation to the writers and narrators who help put the show together, head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and pledge from as little as a dollar a month. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Until next time. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.